Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. Well, it is, as I said earlier, it's an honor to be able to speak this morning. And uh, again, we just want to honor Pastor Mike and Laura and the team as they are away and continue to pray for them. I was also, something I didn't share earlier, but uh, the last, the very last message that I ever spoke here at CPC back in 2018 on my final Sunday was embracing the future. And I just think it's kind of fitting that I'm speaking today and, and that we are committing ourselves as a church family to embrace the future of what God has for us here. And I believe there's great days ahead for Comox Pentecostal Church and here in the Comox Valley. And so if, if you are just joining us this morning, maybe for the first time today or online, we have been in a, a series that Pastor Mike has been leading us through over the last number of weeks through the book of Hebrews and the title of the series has been, is, Compare Jesus. And I, 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 love the, I love the title. I love what we're doing. And I, I want to just begin this morning by reading a scripture. We're going to have it online here in just a moment, uh, or on the screen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. And it's the, it's the scripture that Mike has been referencing throughout the series And it says here in verse 2, Hebrews 12, it says, Let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. How many know that sometimes the race that we're in can be hard? How many know that sometimes we 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 hit the wall we we experience times of difficulty where we wonder why am i even in this race have you ever been in a race or something like where you felt that way or where you just want to pack it in and say forget it well that's kind of a little bit what was happening here with the 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 people that the author of hebrews was writing to some of the the believers who had been converted from judaism from their jewish ways into this new faith called christianity were, were struggling. Some of them were, were finding it was harder to be a Christian in a, in a world where, as, as Mike has shared, that Rome was actually beginning to give some special allowances if you were a Jew. You didn't have to necessarily bow down to the emperor. All you had to do was pray. But these Christians weren't quite prepared to do that. And so the writer of Hebrews is wanting, peop- wanting to remind them to let's really consider Jesus. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and not drift back into the old ways. And so here's what he says. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's say that together. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him, Jesus, endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him. Compare him who endured. How many are thankful that Jesus didn't give up on the race, that Jesus didn't uh, abandon the mission that God had set him out on, but he was willing to endure even opposition from sinners And so the writer says, consider Jesus, consider him, compare Jesus, 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so the message of Hebrews is very encouraging to all of us this morning. In these times when you might feel discouraged, feel like giving up, that we can remember today to trust Jesus with every detail of our lives. We can trust him, everybody. And, and let's never forget that. And so over the last number of weeks, uh, we've been going through talking about some of the, why Jesus is better. And, and the, the whole, we've been talking about how Jesus is the better hope. And uh, the scripture says that, that we can hold on. We, we are anchored to a better hope. We've learned that Jesus is the greater, the better high priest. Uh, in the Old Testament, there were high priests that would come to place who would intercede on behalf of the people, but they were, they were earthly high priests. They were human high priests. Jesus is the better high priest. We've learned that, that Jesus is the guarantee or the guarantor of a new and a better covenant, a better agreement that that we, are, we have the privilege of enjoying and appreciating today. And it's based on better promises. So let's just say everything is better with Jesus this morning. And that's what we're focusing on today. Today, we're, for a few minutes, we're gonna talk about Jesus, the better sacrifice. And the songs that we've been singing today remind us of this. And so if you have your Bibles, you wanna turn to Hebrews chapter nine, we're going to reference a few verses in chapter 9 and 10 today. But Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 22 and 23, let's read it together. The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. For it was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices. Now, it's interesting. He uses the word copies of the heavenly things. In the Old Testament, God gave some instructions to Moses to build, out when they were wandering through the wilderness, to build a tabernacle. It was made, it was a temporary structure that they could they could erect and move from place to place where they were. It was called the tent of meeting. It was like a, it was like camp, it was like a glorified camping tent. But in that tent, in that tabernacle, it was divided into a couple of different key areas. One was the outer courts, and then the inner courts. And it was in the inner courts where the altar was that that or where one of the main altars were, where where. Uh, they would bring the sacrifices and they would sprinkle blood and it, would, it provided access. And once a year on the day of atonement, in fact, the word atonement means at one, at one, it was a way that people could come into a relationship with God. They could be at one with God and it was all done through a priest who would come in and sprinkle the blood. And we'll get into this in just a moment, a little bit more, but... This was only an earthly, a temporary system. And the sacrifices had to be repeated again and again and again and again and again. And so the scripture here says 
talks about the copies. It wasn't the real deal. It was only a copy of what was actually in heaven, the presence of God. The copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice. A better sacrifice than these. Friends, Jesus is the better sacrifice. He's the real deal. Pick it up in verse 24. It says, And for Christ did not enter a sanctuary, a temporary sanctuary, made with human hands. It was only a copy of the true one. What did Jesus do? It says, He entered heaven itself. How many are thankful for that today? Now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the, the way the high priest would enter the most holy place every year with his blood that was not his own. But, and here's the clincher, but Jesus has appeared once and for all. Let's say it together. Once and for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Wow. And so, for a few minutes, I, and I'll tell you, we start getting into, I mean, the whole Old Testament, so much of it just deals with all the old sacrifices and all the stuff that was required. I'm so glad that we are under the better system, the better covenant. Um, but I want to look at four words for a few moments this morning that will help us to appreciate the beauty and the wonder of Jesus, the better sacrifice. And the four words are these. The word extreme. Secondly, the word exclusive. Thirdly, the word, I want us to look at the word efficient. And finally, the word eternal. And all of these words, these four words, help us to kind of just capture some of the beauty in the heart of God for his people, for you and I this morning. The first word is, is the word extreme. And when you think of the word extreme, it's a word that we often, you know, it's funny recently we've been hearing a lot about uh, the word will be used to describe, but say a heat wave. We're in the midst of an extreme heat wave. And we've been hearing about some of the stuff over in Europe and all that's been. Last summer, we had, we had that, that heat dome that came over and, and, and the reference was extreme. It was above and beyond. It was over the top. It wasn't ordinary. We can talk about extreme cold or you might talk about pain that might be extreme. And sometimes we've, we use that word to, to describe something that is over and above, beyond the normal. And friends, we have to accept this morning. I want us to look at the sacrifice of Jesus, the better sacrifice, through the lens of extreme, through the word extreme. That when we think about the extremeness of God, what we, how we see it demonstrated is we see it demonstrated in his love, his love. When I think about the love of God, uh, let's face it, the love of God, to, fit, to think that God was willing to actually 
sacrifice, allow his own son to be sacrificed. None of us would ever do that. But God did that. It's an act of extreme love. John 3.16, probably a scripture that many of you either have memorized or you've heard. It says, for God so loved the world. He had a vision for this world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. This love that we're talking about, actually the Greek word, in, in, in Greek, they would use different words to describe love. We have one word in, in the English language that describes love, or is love. And so I could say, well, I, I love ice cream, and I love my wife. Well, is there a difference? Um, or I, I love fishing, or I love uh, chocolate. Um, you know, I mean, Maybe those two kind of go together, but, uh, you know, so the word love, to describe the love of God, like, it's like, okay, are we talking, about, what are we talking about? In the, in the Greek language, they actually had a, a number of words, which we're not going to get into this morning, but the most extreme kind of love that the Greek language used was the word agape love, which was a word that described, uh, 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 it, was, it was an act of the will, it was it was pure love. It was uh, not just flaky love or sappy love, but it was sacri sacrificial. It was a love that involves sacrifice. And that's the word that is used to describe the love of God. And it was love that was intended for the benefit of others. When I think of ice cream, it's for the benefit of me, right? But when I think of the love of God, it was for the benefit of others. It was for the benefit of you, and so the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross was an act of extreme love, love above and beyond. It was a reckless love. There's a song that talks about that, the reckless love of God. Francis Chan, maybe some of you have read the book, he describes it as crazy love. How many are thankful for the crazy, reckless, relentless love of God? And that's the sacrifice that we are pondering today. In this act of extreme love, we see God giving his very best, holding nothing back. It was an act of extreme kindness and grace. Oh, I'm so gr grateful this morning for God's amazing grace because I don't deserve it, and neither do you. But we are beneficiaries today of God's undeserved favor. We don't deserve the favor or the grace or the love of God, but he has freely given his love to us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, the better sacrifice. Romans 5 and verse 8 says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that he gave his son while we were still sinners. Um, you know, it says he died for us. You know, when I, I was thinking about this this week, and it just reminded me that true love makes the first move. You know what? We're not always good at that, are we? We're, we wait for someone else to change before we turn to them. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to 
I'm not going to give my life to you unless you change your ways. But what we see with God was that he made the first move. And we are beneficiaries this morning of that extreme love. The second word to ponder is the word exclusive. It says, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him would not perish. Last Sunday, I love these words that Pastor Mike shared when he was talking about Jesus being the guarantee of a better covenant, a better agreement. He, he talked about how that when, when Jesus did this, it was as though God was saying to you and I, I am giving myself, these were Pastor Mike's words, I'm giving myself completely and exclusively and permanently to you. How many are glad that Jesus, that God has given himself completely and exclusively to us today? When Anne and I came together in marriage as husband and wife, we stood at a, a temporary altar structure out at Woodland Gardens in the midst of COVID. We only had 10 people in our little wedding party. We had a bit of a car rally around us. Um, and, uh, but it was good to have family kind of gathered sitting in their cars around us. But it was in that moment, it was a sacred moment where we gave ourselves exclusively and permanently to each other. And it was, a, it was an exclusive gift that we were able to give to each other. The good news is that when we think about God's exclusive gift, it's also, his gift is also an inclusive gift in that he has opened this gift to whoever believes. I want to just say this morning, if you're here today and you've never actually crossed that line and said, Jesus, I, I am, today I'm going to believe, I'm going to receive, I'm going to accept the gift that you've made available to me. I want you to know, you are included in the whosoever. You are included in being able to receive his exclusive gift to you. Romans 10 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Turn to your neighbor and point at him and say, that means you. <laughs> Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want you to know this morning, God has opened up his arms wide to you. It's an exclusive gift to all who are willing to receive him. And that sacrifice was an act of God's extreme love for you. Someone said when Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross, it was his way of saying, my arms, God's arms, are opened wide to you and to me. The third word is the word efficient. When we ponder this word efficient, I want you to know today that not only is Jesus the better sacrifice, he is also the efficient sacrifice and the all-sufficient sacrifice. That, that word efficient means the best way to get the desired results. And whether it's the, the car we drive 
or whether it's the washing machine we use, or whether it's the latest phone. I'll tell you right now, my phone is an iPhone 6, and it's not very efficient anymore. Every week, I have to constantly update the apps that are on it. I know it's going to croak on me one of these days. But I, I remember my very first car. I don't know how many of you guys go back to my, my day back in the day, but my very first car was a 1950 Chevy. I bought it for 50 bucks. And uh, the old lady that I bought it from, I was six, six, 17 years old. She also, she, she threw a shotgun in with it, so. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> anyway, back in the day, that car, I was just in high school, that car, uh, a good day was when it started. You know, it had all this stuff in it that, you know, you had to have the, just the points just right and the carburetor set just right. A good day was when it started. Well, on one of my very first dates with this girl who, who uh, I only went on one date with her, um, on the very first date, I took this girl out in, a, in that old 1950 Chevy. Guess what happened? I blew the engine in it. And we were stranded on the side of the highway. And that was the last date I ever had with that, that girl. But anyway, it was a good memory. Um, <laughs> that, that car just got pushed off in the bush somewhere. It's out on some farm, probably rusting away at this point in time. I have no idea whatever happened to it. But it was just a farmer friend. He said, oh, I'll just park it in my bush. And there it is, you know. Um, and I, I, I remember some of you maybe go back back in time, I remember the very first computer I had back when I was pastoring, way back. It was a Commodore, it was a used Commodore 64. How many ever had one of those? Let's see how some of the, and, and it was a, a used Commodore 64 computer. And we, you had these five inch floppy disks that, and I thought, man, this is so amazing. I don't have to you know, I used to write my sermons all out by hand and I could never change anything. I would just, oh, I don't like that. I'd crumple the paper up and start all over again, right? I had this, these little floppy disks and I could write sermons on them. And, uh, but, you know, they were so limited on the, the, the amount of capacity. But I thought, this, the world has finally come of age. This is amazing. And you'd, you'd write, you'd do some sermon stuff and then you'd tuck this little little floppy disk in a, in a file box of some kind, and then you'd work on another project. But the amount of data that could go on one of those little floppy disks was about the same capacity as a little photo that you take on your phone. And that was it. Like, the stuff we do today on our phones, our smartphones, um, you know, those systems back then would have crashed the very first time you tried to put that picture on. Anyway, um, Thankfully, I think we would all agree that computers and phones have become more efficient. But the reality is uh, there's still more to, I'm still waiting for the next phone, right? Um, because there's more updates and there's more upgrades to come. What you think you have now, there's, go, there's going to be more. But, but, when we think of Jesus, the better sacrifice. The good news today is this, that what Jesus did on the cross, that was it. It's finished. He's done. Never to be repeated again. Never has to be upgraded. Never has to be updated. 
What Jesus did on the cross, the better, Jesus, the better sacrifice he did once and for all. And I love the words that he cried out in his final moments on the cross in John chapter 19. You can read about it if you want. The, one of the last, the last thing he said, one of the last words he said in his dying moments as he was gasping for breath, hanging on that cross, being crucified, the Son of God, the Lamb of God. What did he cry out? What was his last words? He said, it is finished. Basically what he was saying, you don't have to wait for the update. You don't have to wait for the next version. This was a battle cry of victory for Jesus. He, it's, it's, his life is coming to an end, but he is completing, finishing the work that Jesus, that God gave him to do when he cried out, it is finished. My sacrifice for you is complete. And I love the Greek word that was used in those words that Jesus uh, when he died on that cross, he cried out, the words he, he cried out was the word tetelestai. I think we have an image there. Tetelestai, it was a common word that was used amongst the people. It was a word that people understood when they heard his words. And for example, it just simply meant the work has been completed. It's a word that a servant would say to his master at the end of the day. The master would give give the assignment for the day and the servant would go out and do his work and the servant would come back at the end of the day and say to his master, Tetelestai, the work has been completed. It was a, also a, a word, a common word that a judge would use when a, a judge would, would give to a prisoner who had done his time. He would say, justice has been served. Because a lot of times what would happen is a, a prisoner would be set free and then people would say, how come you're walking the streets? And oftentimes a, a, a judge would actually give a letter or something to, to indicate to that prisoner, no, justice has been served. And he would get a letter saying that, that my time has been served. It's finished. To Telestai. It was also a, interesting, it was also an accounting term. When a person had paid off a debt or a loan, a receipt would be stamped verifying that the debt had now been paid for in full, that nothing was left owing. And I love that image that we see in Jesus when it says, it is finished, paid in full. That's the word that Jesus cried out on the cross, it is finished. How many are thankful for, how many ever went through the experience of seeing, having your mortgage finally paid off and you through, you know, blood, sweat and tears and extra jobs and putting money, finally you get that, you come to that place where the mortgage, you know, you know what the word mortgage is? It means a death oath, right? Morg, morg, comes, comes from the word morg. It's a death oath. And when you finally get to that point where the death oath has been paid and you get that letter from the bank saying, eh, congratulations, your mortgage has been paid. That's what Jesus has done for us. Our sin, 
was a debt that we couldn't pay. But Jesus on the cross paid for our debt of sin in full. Everyone say, in full. Paid in full. How many are thankful for that this morning? Paid in full. And so the sacrifice of Jesus never has to be improved upon. It was efficient. The sacrifice of Jesus was efficient and sufficient. I'm getting excited. Our sins have been forgiven. The record of our sin has been canceled, has been removed. The scripture says, as far as the east is from the west, so he has removed our sins. And as a result of this significant moment when Jesus cried out, it is finished, the Bible says that a veil, the veil and that was between God and man was torn from top to bottom. And what happened? Jesus, our high priest, entered the very throne room of God. Not the, not the copy, not the temporary, but heaven itself. We read about it earlier. He's appeared once and for all in the very presence of God. And guess what? He's saying, you get to come along with me. That is so awesome this morning. That's Jesus, the better sac sacrifice. In the Old Testament, it was only the high priest that could enter the presence of God. Now, because of what Jesus has done, he's saying, I've gone in, I've already entered, the veil has been torn wide open, and, and you get to come with me into the very presence and throne room of God. How many would say that's better? Yeah. Amen. The scripture says that because of what Jesus has done, that our conscience has been cleansed. Boy, that's, a that's, a great, that's great news. I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life when, when I've sinned, when I've experienced like grief over, over something that I've done that I knew was not right and was disobedient to God. And, and sometimes what happens is we, we feel this incredible guilt and shame because of our sin. And we can end up letting it become this heavy weight and burden. But then I'm reminded that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. My conscience has been cleansed. Not only am I forgiven, not only has my sins been removed, but my conscience has been cleansed. Some of you this morning... If, 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 if the reality of what you've done could be peeled back for all to see, I think we, we would all be blushing this morning. The reality is God sees it all, but he says, I love you so much. Because of what Jesus has done, you can be beneficiaries of a cleansed conscience. And let's face it, we can't go back. We can't go back and undo certain things, right? There's if we could relive our life over, there's probably some things we would say, I would never do that again. The reality is we can't go back. But I'm so glad that Jesus reaches back and he says, I love you. I forgive you. I've removed your sin from you. It's paid in full. I've opened the veil to my presence that you can now enter. 
and your conscience is clear. You can stand before me. And the Bible says we can come boldly before the throne of grace. I'm so, I love those words, boldly. We can come boldly. Jesus, the better sacrifice, has appeared once and for all. And he invites us to come in. The last word, I'm going to invite the team to come back, is the word eternal. John 3.16 again says, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Because of Jesus this morning, because of his better sacrifice, we are the beneficiaries of the Father's will. The better covenant. And you know what? We, both Anne and I have learned and we've come to recognize the fact that nothing in this life is permanent in this life. The reality is what we experience here on earth is very, is very temporary. And sometimes we live our lives as though this is all there was, but the reality is, no, there's way more. We have an eternal inheritance that Jesus has made available for each and every one of us to enjoy, each and every one of us to accept, each and every one of us to embrace And it's called eternal life that Jesus has bought and paid for today with his own blood. First Peter chapter one says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy has given us new birth, a new beginning, new life into a living hope through the resurrection of the dead. And then listen to what he says. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And then uh, the clincher is this. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Friends, God has an inheritance that's eternal that's been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's an inheritance that you and I can receive. It's an inheritance that we can experience. It's an, inher an inheritance that we, can, we have the hope of, of our future with this past week. My friend, our friend Maureen, acknowledged the loss of her son, Andrew, 16 years ago, killed in Afghanistan. By, a, by a, 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 an explosive device that had gone off. And he was on his final mission before coming home. But you know what? Today, Andrew is living in the reality of his eternal inheritance. And we never know, we never, none of us ever know our day. We never know. I remember when the, when, the word came down that Andrew's life had been taken. It was such a painful moment. 
but also to know that his hope was in Jesus and his eternal home was waiting for him. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know what, we never know. It was in August of 2019 that my late wife, Barb, we were just camping. She wasn't feeling well. And we got the news that she had a tumor. And seven weeks later, she was gone. Sometimes life doesn't make sense, does it? But we are grateful today for the hope, our eternal inheritance that Jesus has purchased for us, that we, it's being kept in heaven for, for us this morning. Let's all stand together, everybody. All I can say, when we think about Jesus, the better sacrifice, I love the words of Max Licato when he said, no wonder they call him Savior. How many are grateful this morning for this, our Savior, Jesus Christ? A demonstration of God's extreme love for us. Exclusive. He's given himself completely to us. A sacrifice that never has to be repeated again. Sacrifice that's made it available for us to embrace an inheritance kept in heaven for us today. As the team plays a closing song, it says the song is entitled Come As You Are. I'm not going to invite you to come to this altar, but I am going to invite you if you've never given your life to Jesus, no matter where you are, who you are, what the circumstances are, today can be your day to come and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe come back. Maybe you've known him in the past and you've drifted away as Mike's been talking about. Sometimes the, the worst thing we can ever do is just drift away. Today is a day to come back. Today is a day to come home to Jesus and experience once again what he has for you. I said earlier that God, in his act of extreme love, made the first move. And he just says, come, come as you are. And that's the good news of the gospel is that we don't have to get our life. You know, I want you to know this morning that Jesus has come not for the people who have it all together because we'd, we'd be all out on that one. Jesus has come for those who don't have it together. That's the grace of God. And he says, come as you are. If you've wandered, if it's the first time, his arms are wide open and he says, come, come to me. And so this morning, it's just been so good to be able to, to share this with you. And I want to say if there's anyone here today and you just want to talk some more, if you want to come for prayer, if you want to just say, hey, today I made, a, I made the biggest decision of my life. I've given my life over to Jesus Christ. I've come. 
And I know it's just a start, it's just a beginning, but the best is yet to come. And so, Father, we thank you that we can come as we are. We don't have to come all cleaned up. You're the one who does the work. You're the one who we are beneficiaries of your extreme love and grace this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us today. Thank you that Comox Pentecostal Church, as we continue to embrace the future, get to still, as those who have gone before us, get to still continue to bring the greatest message on earth to the Comox Valley. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you put your hands out? I want to just bless you with this benediction. Receive this blessing this morning, everyone. I want you to go in peace, knowing that we are loved by God. We go this morning with our eyes fixed on Jesus, knowing that the debt of our sin has been paid for, that I have an eternal inheritance kept in heaven for me. We receive this blessing today. Go in peace. In Jesus' name, bless you all. Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. 